Well, good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing? Yes, yes, yes. You guys are so much better than first service. I asked that question, and they were like, I was like, oh, man, that is not the way I want to start off my day. So thank you guys for finishing it well. But I'm excited to bring you guys the word today. My name is Shayla. I am Pastor TJ's wife. Normally, I leave our Pompano Beach campus, but I get to share with you guys over last week and over this week, and I'm super excited about the message that God has laid on my heart today. Um, But before we get into that, we are so excited about this Freeway series because this is going to be something that brings a lot of people real freedom in their life. And I don't know anybody in my life that's perfect And so I think we could all use a little healing, a little freedom, a little something in our life. So I want to encourage you guys to sign up for one of those groups. But one of the things that is really, really awesome is that as a church, one of our values is that we live generously. And I love it when people grab hold of those values and they really put it to play in their life. And this past week, after we announced that we were doing this freeway series, somebody came to us and said, you know what? God's blessed us with some things, and we really want to buy the rest of these books so that you can give them away. And so that's right. So somebody purchased the remainder of the books. So here's what we're asking you guys to do. In your worship guide, there's a little book that says Connect Group Guide. If you'll take just a minute and then take that little form that's in the book, fill it out, and then bring it to the table that has the freeway books, when you turn in that form, they will give you a free book. And we are so excited about what this means for you guys on your journey, for our church and what that looks like. Because if we can walk in freedom, everything in our life changes. And if we can get rid of some of the the junk that's in our life and really figure out kind of why we do what we do and how we can move forward, there is such strength and such power in that. So please make sure that you sign up for a group today. Um, Over the past excuse me, over the past week, we talked about Gideon and the life of Gideon and how God took this man who was so insecure and in this place where he was looking at his life and he was hiding from his circumstances. He was dealing with the overwhelming reality that his life hadn't turned out how he thought it would turn out. He was complaining about his circumstances and his situation And God shows up in in his life in the midst of all of these things and says, hey, Gideon, you're a mighty warrior. And Gideon's like, "Eh, no, I'm not. That's not who I am. Do you see? Like, I'm hiding in a wine press. Life isn't happening how I thought it would happen. And, oh, the other side of that is the fact that I've constantly been told in my life that I'm the weakest and I'm the least, And I can't accomplish what you're telling me that I can accomplish. That's not the man that I am. And God takes Gideon on this journey to get him to the place where he can begin to walk in the freedom and walk in the life that he has intended for his life. And so what happens is God tells Gideon he needs to tear down some of the altars that his father has built. He needs to tear down some negative mindsets and mentalities in his life so that God can begin to use him. And after God tells him he needs to strip away from some, from some of these old mindsets and mentalities, God tells him you need to build up some new mindsets and mentalities. And what happens is he tries to get Gideon to this place where Gideon is seeing himself differently. 
where he's trusting that God is enough for his life and who God says he is is who he will become. And so God begins to teach Gideon how to strip away the old and to rebuild the new. Because the reality is in life, if we don't have the right mindset, if we don't have the right outlook, we can be in the best circumstances, we can have the greatest opportunity, but if we're constantly seeing it through this negative lens, things will never change. And how many of you guys like personality tests? I love them. I'm like a junkie for personality tests. So anytime there's like a a new test, you know there's some of you guys out there, every time something comes up on Facebook, you're like, oh, what color am I? What animal am I? I wanna, I'm a tiger. And really, it shows up you're like a monkey or something. And so we're constantly like taking these tests. Well, I saw the other day, There was this lady that I really respect. I love her as a leader. And there were some things that I really want to gain from her life and just see. And so I saw that she had purchased this book and was taking her staff through this, like, personality type test. And so I was like, I'm going to go buy that book. And I'm going to take that test because I want to be more like her. And so I went out and I bought this book. It was like $25. And I got it, and as soon as I got it, I was like, okay, I'm going online, I'm going to take this test. And I get online, and I take the test, and the book is called Emotional Intelligence. And when I got the results back, I was like, I'm not very emotionally intelligent. I thought that I had my crap together. I thought that I was different than the reality of what the test told me I was. And every time I take one of these tests, I'm like, but no, that's not who I want to be. I want to be like this. And I'm always looking at the other qualities in people's lives or in the quotients of the test. And I'm like, but I want to be that. And I have trouble just embracing kind of who I am and the reality of where I'm at and what's going on in my life and just kind of owning that. And I was looking through my like library of books this morning, and then I found this, and it's Marcus Buckingham, The One Thing You Need to Know. You know, and there's all these self-help books out there and ways that we can be better and do better, but the reality is, if we don't make a choice to change here, nothing ever changes here in our circumstances or in our life. And that's the progression that God was taking Gideon to of trying to get him into the right mindset so that his situation could begin to change, so that he could begin to use him in the way that his life was intended to be used. And if you missed last week, I want to encourage you, just go back and listen, because I think it is so vital to our life to change what's happening here, to change what's going on in our mind and how we view ourselves and how we view our circumstances and our situation. Because if we can get our mind right, things can begin to change. So Gideon, through the process of tearing down and building up, he started looking at himself differently. He gained confidence as he began to shift his focus off of himself and onto God. Because the reality is, is that insecurity looks at self, but confidence looks at God. And when we're in these insecure moments and these insecure places, it's because we're looking within ourselves and our own strength and our own ability, and we think it's not enough. But confidence looks at God and who he says we are and who he says that we can be, and it trusts in that. 
So insecurity looks at ourself, but confidence looks at God. And Gideon is learning this. So his eyes were now on God, and this changes things real quick. So God was preparing Gideon for battle, but there was a transformation that had to take place in Gideon's life. There was a transformation that, could, that needed to happen before a transition could take place in his life. And if we're honest, a lot of us want the transition in life. We want the better life. We want the reward of the good things. We want things to transition. We want things to change. But without a transformation, the transition never happens. And we need to begin to transition our thinking so that God can begin to do something different. Walt Disney said this. He said, the key to life is to quit talking and begin doing. Because there's a lot of us that like to talk about how we want to have a different life and we talk about how we want things to be different and we want things to change. But all we're doing is talking. And nothing's ever changing. We're not taking the actions that are required in order for our life to change. So Gideon is in this transformational period of his life where it's transitioning because he's had a transformation in his mind. And God's about to transfer him into the mighty warrior. Now, just because God is about to use Gideon doesn't mean that he's not scared. See, Gideon was a man just like we were. He had fears and insecurities. He was scared. And a lot of us, we fear the unknown. We fear failure. We fear what could happen. But it's not about learning to fear less. It's about learning to trust God more. And when we begin to trust God more, fear begins to come less in our life because we're trusting in the right thing. So God helped fix Gideon's mindset and he brought him from this insecure place to this place of trust and of obedience. And Gideon's about to step into the plan that God has for him and become the mighty warrior that God knows that he can be, but there's still a few little lessons that Gideon is learning along the way. And what I wanna talk to you guys about today is how do we begin to move forward in the things that God's called us to in life? How do we begin to change some things so that our life looks different. Maybe for you, you need a better marriage. Maybe it's a career move. Maybe it's overcoming an addiction that has plagued your life for a long time. And I don't know what it is that God wants to do in your life, but I think it starts with this. If you guys will open up your Bible to Judges 6. We're going to go to Judges 6, 14. And the Lord is talking to Gideon, and he says this. It says, the Lord turned to him and he said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? And I think the first key into stepping into the things that God has for our life is just what this scripture says. It says, go in the strength that you have. See, you already have every single thing that you need. If you'll go in the strength that you have, God will give you the strength that you need. 
See, a lot of times we think, if I just had this, or if my situation was dif- different, if my circumstances were different, then I would have the strength to change this. And you might not have the strength that you need, but the only way to gain more strength is to use the strength that you have right now. You know, when I first started going to the gym, I was weak. Like, it was, it was embarrassing. I could... I could barely even lift like five pounds and like do stuff with it without getting tired. And I remember there was this one day and I was with the girl that I was working out with and we were in there and I just had these five pound little dumbbells and we were doing step ups. And so I was stepping up onto this little bench and I would step up and step down and step up and step down and continue to do that. And by the end, I was pretty tired. And so the last time I was doing my step up, I step up and then I go to step back down and my knees buckled and I fell flat on the floor in the middle of the gym. And this lady turned over to me and I think she might've had too much testosterone and she said, I didn't see that. And I was like, excuse me, was that you ma'am? And I was so embarrassed because I fell flat on my butt in the middle of the gym. But then I realized, if I don't ever show back up again with the strength that I have, I'm never gonna gain more strength. And there's a lot of us in life, we're thinking that exact thing. If things were just different, if I just had more, if I just had more confidence, if if just this, if just that, if just that. But the reality is, is you have to begin with the strength that you have right now. Because if you never show up with the strength that you have right now, your strength is never built. And I told you guys last week about how so many times, or actually every day of my life, I wake up and I face two different things. I face over and under. I face feeling overwhelmed and I face feeling underqualified every single day that I wake up and I have to make a choice. And as I wake up and I'm feeling these things, I'm walking into situations that I feel like require a 10 of me, but all I am is a two. How many of you guys feel like a two in some of your situations? Like it requires a lot more of you than what you have and what you can give. So I'm showing up to these situations that I feel like require a 10. We show up in life and maybe we have a three and sometimes we're four. So we're facing these circumstances that feel like they require a 10, but we're a two. Do you think God can be your eight? Do you think that if you show up with your two, that God will show up with his eight? But here's the deal. If you never show up with your two, God can't bring his eight. Because if we don't show up, God can't use us. We have to go in the strength that we have. We have to show up with what we have. And if we show up with what we have, if we show up with our two, God will show up with his eight every single time.
But if you've never gone with your two, you don't know that God comes through every single time. And there's some of you out there that today, you need to show up with your two. You need to go in the strength that you have. See, every single person that God ever used in the Bible, there is no one in the Bible that is perfect except Jesus. He used messed up people. He used jacked up people. He used people that did not have it together. And every single person in the Bible stands at the same intersection that you and I stand at. And that's the, that's the intersection of insecurity, of fear, of doubt, of worry. But in every single person that God used, they showed up with what they had. And then God showed up with everything he had. But we have to go in the strength that we have. See, Gideon, he was different here because he was different here. And when we get our mind right and then we realize that we can trust God and we can take what we have and we can show up, we can go in the strength that we have. See, sometimes we sit back and do nothing because we feel like we can't do everything. But you can do something today. You can bring what you have right now in your mess, in your worry, in your insecurity, in your fear. All you have to do is show up. In Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. See, God shows up in your life every single time. The question I have for you is, are you showing up? See, Gideon's life was a lot like ours. He had worries. He had concerns. But God pronounced something over his life saying, mighty warrior. And God has pronounced something over your life. He has something greater than you could ever imagine. He has purpose. He has plan. His word says that he formed you in, his, in your mother's womb. He created you. He knew exactly what he purposed you for. And you might feel overwhelmed just like Gideon did. But if you will go in the strength that you have, if you will go with your two, God will show up with eight. In Judges 6, 34 and 35, it says this. It says, the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew his trumpet and the Abizarites gathered behind him and he sent messengers throughout Manasseh who also gathered behind him. He also sent to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali and they came to meet him. See, what happens is that God tells Gideon, go in the strength that you have. And Gideon picks up and he goes in the strength that he has and it says, but the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. See, when we show up with what we have, God shows up with what he has. And what happened is God's spirit came upon Gideon. He starts calling out for these warriors. Now, the guy that was insecure in the wine press is now calling out and calling all of these warriors. 32,000 people show up. 32,000. God shows up. But see, those 32,000 warriors showed up, but God's ready to teach Gideon another lesson. See, what happens 
is that God shows Gideon the power of having the right people around you. And there's a lot of times in life that we have to look around us and we have to see, do we have the right people in our life? Do we have the people that are going to support us and encourage us, speak life to us? Because check out what happens. In Judges 7, it says this, Early in the morning, Gideon and all of his men camped at, spring, at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. And the Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boast against me, and my own strength has saved me. So God shows up after the 32,000 people show up, and he tells Gideon, you have too many. Now, the Midianites, guess how many men they have? 135,000. Gideon has 32,000, and God shows up and says, you have too many. I'd be like, uh, excuse me, do we need to go back to like math 101? God, let me teach you how to count because right now it's four to one odds. Four to one. And I have too many? And God's like, Gideon, you have too many. And so he says, now announce to the army that anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left and 10,000 remained. See, God was teaching Gideon the power of the right people with you. Because there was people that were scared, that were fearful. And it wasn't the good fear. It was the fear where they were going to run at any time of trouble. And God was trying to surround Gideon with the right people. And if those people would have stayed, it could have limited Gideon in his potential. And so God's stripping down the number of people that are with Gideon. And check this out. He goes on to say this, but the Lord said to Gideon, now after there's 10,000 left, there's still too many men. Take them down to the water and I'll thin them out for you there. If I say that one should go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one should not go with you, he shall go. He shall not go. So Gideon, he was obedient and he took the men down to the water and there the Lord told him, separate those who lap water with their tongues as dogs and lap from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank with cups hands, lapping like dogs, and all the rest got on their knees to drink. And the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you. And I will give Midian into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept 300 who took the other provisions and the trumpets. So Gideon's down to 300 men. That's 450 to 1. But you know what these men are? There was a reason God took them down by the water. There was a reason he observed how they were drinking. Because God was watching for the men who were going to watch in battle. He was looking for the men that weren't there to get something for themselves, but they were getting enough so they could get up and fight again. And God was showing Gideon 
that there are certain people that you need around you in order to win the battles that I have for you, in order to be the man that I know you can be. See, our life, so much of our life is determined by the people that we surround ourselves with. They say all the time, who you surround yourself with is who you're going to be like. And there's a lot of us that need to look around at our life and not think quantity, and we need to think quality. Because what needs to happen is we need to be surrounding ourselves with people that are going to challenge us, that are encourage us, people that are going to lift us out of the pit when we're discouraged and we're down, people that aren't going to drag us down to where they are, but people that are going to lift us up. There is so much value in having the right people around you in your life. You know, I have, I've seen this played out so well in my own family. I, I'm the oldest of six kids. And one of my sisters, my middle sister, she's somebody that has so much charisma and so much passion. And just, you look at her and you say, man, that girl has potential. Like if I, I seriously would look at her growing up and say, if I had the ounce of charisma that she had. And I watched her in her life and she was such a leader. She was so great at just influencing people and encouraging people. She would always have these friends around her. People were just naturally drawn to her. And every time I looked at her, I was just like, man, God is going to do some incredible things with this girl. Man, I can't wait to see how her life plays out. And as she was in high school, she started kind of getting in with the wrong crowd. She started hanging out with the wrong people. She started going to parties a little bit. And she began to experiment with drugs and alcohol, prescription pain medication. And before you know it, she was making it through college and barely surviving. She graduated with a degree as a paralegal got a great job, but slowly the people that she was surrounding herself with were bringing her down more and more to the place where she had a complete addiction to prescription pain medication, to where she was without a job, without a house. She had gotten to such a bad place in her life where that addiction destroyed her life. She ended up getting her kids taken away from her. All because she started out with the wrong people. She started making decisions with the wrong people. She started being influenced by the wrong people. And instead of surrounding herself with the people that saw the potential, that saw the charisma, that saw the value, that saw the life, she chose differently. And because she chose the wrong people, she sacrificed a lot of the potential that God had for her life. Now, I still believe that girl has potential, but until she starts surrounding herself with a different group of people, 
she will never accomplish the things that God has for her life. See, God's showing Gideon, you have to have the right people in your life. You have to have the people that have your back. You need people that are going to fight with you, that are going to be in it for the long haul, not those complain or discourage what God is doing or saying, oh, you're too busy with that or you doing this. You need people that are going to strengthen and encourage you. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 10 says this, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You know, I think about this verse, and I think about how there's so many of us. We're down in a pit, and we're looking for the people in the pit to try to pull us out. But we need to start getting some people in our life that can pull us up out of there, not keep us in there. And when we have the right people in our life, they push us to a higher place in life. They challenge us. They see the value in us. They encourage us. They speak life to us. It is not a discouraging relationship. In Proverbs 27, 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Who's sharpening you in your life? Who's making you better? Who's causing you to believe that there can be more for your life than what's in your circumstances right now? See, the reality is, is even as we grow in strength, even as we surround ourselves with the right people, there's still gonna be times when it's hard. Because Gideon was called to be a mighty warrior, but in order to be a mighty warrior, he had to fight a battle. And there's many of us who want to become who God called us to be, but we don't want the pain of what comes along with that. We don't want the refinement because here, the reality is it's a process. It is a process to become who God wants you to be. And you show up with your strength and you surround yourself with the right people and then you refuse to quit. You never stop and you always keep going. Because life will get hard. Things will get challenging. But if we quit every time it gets hard, it only brings us back to the same place every time. And if we will choose not to quit, to keep going, to not surrender or give up, your life will begin to change. Your circumstances will begin to change. You know, I was talking with somebody the other day, and this girl, so full of potential, so full of life, you can look at her and you can say, this girl's gonna influence a lot of people. And as we were sitting down talking, I've seen the progression of her life over a year, and I'm looking and I'm saying, whoa, God. This girl is totally different. You've done incredible things in her life and just brought her to this place where she is in a good place for you to use her. And as I'm sitting there and I'm talking with her, she said, Shayla, I'm tired. 
I don't really know if I should be doing this. I don't really know if this is what God has for me. I'm just, I just don't know if I can do this. And I looked and I was like, I wish you could see what I see. Because so many of us get to that point where we can't see the breakthrough. We can't see the incredible things that God's doing in our life. And most of us give up right before our breakthrough. Every time I stand up here to preach, and I mean every time, I want to quit. I want to quit before I even get on the stage. Because I have all of these thoughts and mindsets of you're not prepared, you're not ready, you're not good enough, all of those things. And I, I tell TJ every time, I, I don't want to do, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. And then afterwards, I'll get a text message or a Facebook message or an email. Okay, I can do this. And this morning I was struggling with this. This morning I was sitting there studying, going over this, going, God, I can't do this. I'm not ready. I can't do I'm not good enough. All of those things. And so distinctly in this most still small voice that gave so much peace, he said, Shayla, go in the strength you have. If you show up today with your inadequacy, with your two, that's all I need. Because I will show up with my eight. I will show up and give you the strength that you need. But if you give up now, nothing's changed. In Galatians 6, 9, it says this. It says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Would you guys bow your heads and close your eyes? There's some of you out there right now. You're discouraged. You're on the brink of giving up. You're tired. Things are hard. Some good things may have happened in life, but you're still facing some things. And you're just worn out. I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you today, would you just slip up your hand? Yes, 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 yes. All over the place. Thank you. Father God, I thank you that you are more than enough. Lord, that you show up, that you make all the difference. And Lord, I pray for these people today that are feeling tired, that are feeling worn out, that may be discouraged, and they may be on the brink of giving up. But today, God, just by lifting their hands, just by expressing that, they showed up. 
God, maybe that was all of the strength that they had was to raise their hand and say, yeah, I'm struggling. And Lord, I pray that because they showed up with that strength, that you would show up with your peace and your grace and your mercy and your love. God, that you would breathe life into their circumstances and their situation. God, that today would be the first day of the rest of their life, that it's a new beginning, a new start, where they've showed up today to live the rest of their life. God, we thank you that when we show up, you show up with every single thing that we need. And I pray, God, that your peace would cover every single person in this room. That you would help them to realize that they are more than enough. Lord, that you have great things in store for their life. And today, God, they will just hold on and refuse to quit. Lord, thank you for what you want to do. In Jesus' name.